Thanks for tuning in to the Calvary Carlsbad podcast. Today's message was taken from our 10 a.m. service. If you'd like to join us in person, you can get more info at our website at calvarycarlsbad.com. Let's jump right in, and we hope you're encouraged. This morning, we are going to be taking a little, another little break from Hebrews because we have a bit of an announcement, um, and I've been kind of alluding to this, and some of you have heard. We are going to be changing the name of our church. What? I know. Okay. That's the reaction I was, you know, expecting. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's pray. We'll get into it. And I think you guys are going to be excited uh, by the end. So, Lord, thank you so much for this time. We pray that you'd speak to us through your word as we gather together as a church family. We want to be led by you as you lead, as you move, as you go forward. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so you're gonna, we're going to go on a little journey, and then we're going to have a study on what the name is. I'll tell you in a, in a minute. Oh, the suspense, you know. Uh, so we're changing the name. First of all, history, okay? The church started in Cardiff, okay? How many of you guys were a part of the original Cardiff crew? We've got, look at that. That's actually amazing, right? The original Cardiff crew that met at a park. Jacob, how old were you? Like one? Yeah, one. So that tells you right there, yeah, <laughs> yeah with Pastor Roger and, and family, and uh, so it was Calvary Chapel, Cardiff, and uh, then it was Coastlands, right, after that, and that was in Solana Beach, right, so you guys traveled Solana Beach and then made your way up to Carlsbad, then it was Calvary Chapel, Carlsbad, and so so it's been for many years since, and so uh, when uh, Pastor Roger had called and said, hey, you know, feel like it's time, you know, for you to take the church. If you want to come down, we were in Orange County at the time, you know, uh, he, he said, come on down. And one of the first things he says, you can do whatever you can change the name. In fact, I'd encourage you to change the name because he had always, he'd been thinking about that too. If you were close to him, you knew he, he talked about that, you know? And, uh, and I said, well, let's just, let's just chill. <laughs> There's enough change going on. I was like, we'll just roll with this and we'll go with this. Uh, and, you know, go, go from the too much change at once. Right. Um, but a couple of years ago, we started to sense a uh, uh, need for change, especially Tori sensed it first. She's, she's, uh, she's better at sensing things than I am, I think. But uh, she started to sense a need for a change uh, in the name. Like, hey, let's, this is a fresh thing. Um, it's, it, time for a change, you know? And so we were praying about that, thinking about that. I didn't feel peace at that time. And one of the major factors was we did not have a name to change to. We couldn't come up, you know, like when you have a, a you know, you're gonna have a baby and you're like deciding on the name and one person likes it and the other person doesn't. What was interesting with all of our kids is that we had the right gender name. The other one we didn't a lot. So we were like, I don't know about that one, but every time, you said so we knew we were, oh, it's a boy. We have a boy name. Oh, it's a girl. We have a girl name. Anyway, um, but we didn't have a name. We were struggling to kind of think of one, and, and I wasn't sure if it was time. Again, I'm, just so you know, I'm pretty slow to change. Uh, I'm really, I think about things too many times, you know, like, okay, well, what does that mean? What is, how does that all look? You know, all of that. So uh, in the last year, it's really come up more so, and we've started to realize you know, our name is a bit confusing. 
Um, if, if you've ever invited someone to church, you know how confusing it is, right? And so you go, oh, well, hey, come to our church. They're like, oh, wait, that's the one up there. And they're like, no, not that. No, it's actually this one, you know. Uh, well, why are you guys like a mile away from each other? It's a long story, you know, but it's, it's brought out a lot of confusion and started to realize, like, God's not, we know God's not the author of confusion, and, um, and there's, there's no, like, beef or any problems or anything like that with North Coast Calvary. You know, I know a lot of those people are really sweet and awesome, but it's confusing. And, and a lot of times I'd share with someone, yeah, Calvary Chapel, Carlsbad, they're like, oh, I've been there. And I'm like, oh, you, no, you haven't. <laughs> yeah, because have you seen me? Then you know you haven't. You know, like I would also probably have seen you. So, um, but there's a lot, there was some confusion to all that. So in the last, the last year, not only has it become stronger for us, many of our other, other, other people in the church and leadership have separately brought up what do you think about a name change? So now you've kind of got it in your own head, and then you have uh, it kind of being confirmed from other people around you, and we're starting to think, man, this is really interesting. It's going to, you know, this seems like it's a bit of a, it's, it's getting momentum. And uh, then, you know, we were praying about it, and we got a name. And we were like, okay, I, I think that sounds exactly right. So when we were looking for a name, three or four months ago is when it really, like, kind of hit, uh, we were looking for not just like, because uh, you know a lot of churches, we were joking about this, Jacob, right? Where there was like, they had a survey of, is this a church or is this a dispensary? Because they like have the names sound so similar. You're like, oh my goodness, this might not be a good thing. And, and literally you couldn't guess which one was right and wrong, you know? Uh, so I wanted, I thought, man, we are, uh, I want a biblical strong name. Because I think that's who we are and I think that's where we need to go. And so as we're praying about it and thinking through it, it was actually, again, Tori, she had, she was the one that was like, well, what do you think about this? We've been throwing a lot out and all of a sudden it hit and I was like, that, that's the name. Um, and it, it fit all the, so it's our heart, it's a biblical name and it's a roadmap as to where we want to go. It's the vision in a sense. Uh, and so the, right at the week that we felt like we got the name, and we're like, we, we need to start talking about this with some of our leadership. Billy came up to me, and he's like, hey, can I talk to you? I was like, what's going on, Billy? We have a lot of conversations, right, Billy? And he says, have you ever thought about changing the name? And I said, that's it. I'm I, like, this is enough, you know? Like, matter of fact, yes, Billy, I was going to talk to you about it today, and we have a name. And so uh, if you guys want to look on the screen, we have uh, Steadfast Church. Steadfast Church is what we are going to be. Um, What's cool is we made shirts, and the shirts are coming. You're all going to get a shirt uh, for, you know, being with us on the journey. Uh, shirt's coming soon. And uh, as soon as I started looking into this name, it blew my mind. I was like, this is such. And then, by the way, also going through Hebrews. If you were to go back and archive some of the messages, every time it said steadfast, I'd, like, pause and be like, okay. <laughs> and one time I said steadfast, and Billy and Tori were like, I thought you were going to say it right then. And I'm like, no, you know, wait, wait. Uh, but even in the Webster's Dictionary, it says steadfast implies a steady, unwavering course in love, allegiance, or conviction. Does that sound good? What do you guys think? Dictionary.com, you know, .com, this is official. Fixed in direction, steadily directed, a steadfast gaze, firm in purpose, resolution, faith attachment, 
uh, unwavering as resolution, faith, adherence, firmly established as an institution or state of affairs, firmly fixed in place or position. This is where we want to be, right? Here's some synonyms that showed up too. I'm, and we're not, we're going to get into the Bible in a sec here, but I just want to give you guys some of the stuff I was like looking up, like what's the definition? And it was, it was the most biblical, ah, oh, that's who we want to be. Firm, rooted, grounded, fixed, established, resolved, constant, steady, and unswerving. So this is what we are, uh, I think this is what our church is, and I think this is where our church is going. So I think it defines what we are, and I think it defines where we're going, to be steadfast in the faith. And the, as soon as you see it, you see it everywhere. It's all over the scriptures. Steadfast, hold fast, the idea of firm, um, the charge is to be steadfast. To be steadfast is literally, it's like all over the Bible. First Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Peter's encouraging believers to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we're to be sober, we're to be vigilant. This is, so this message is on being steadfast, right? We're to be sober, we're to be vigilant. So we're, we're, our eyes are opened. We're not intoxicated. We're not taken by another. We, are, we know who we are and where we're going. Sober, vigilant means you're like looking around. You know, the idea of being vigilant is uh, think about like a wallet in your front pocket. Okay, you get what I'm saying? You know, this is, that's vigilant. That's like uh, hanging out in a New York, you know, tour group walking around and you got in the wrong block. You need to be vigilant. Because we got the devil roar, walking about as a, or seeking whom he may devour, walks about as a roaring lion, right? If you're in lion country, you're vigilant, right? You're, you're, you're always looking around. You're being careful and cautious. Uh, I, I remember um, I was riding my mountain bike in San Clemente once, and uh, I got the creepiest feeling at one point. And I just was like, that was weird. I felt like somebody was watching me. You know that feeling? And I ended up getting all the way through. I pedaled through. And a guy on the other side said, hey, I'm kind of lost. How do I get back over there? He says, oh, you go this way, which was the way I just came from, and up and over. He says, but don't do it. I just saw a mountain lion over there. And I was like, yeah, I was not aware of that. I've had a feeling there was something going on, but the idea is to be sober and vigilant. We're, we're assessing everything that's going on around us. Resist him, right? So this is resist who? The devil. Seeking uh, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Is Satan on the move? Yes, but he's losing. He's, he might look like he's short-term winning, but he's losing. Yet, we as believers have to stay vigilant. And how do we do that? By resisting him, being steadfast in the faith. So what is steadfast? It's being firm. It's being founded. It means that we are who we say we are. We are, are strong. This is the image I, was start, I, I got was like to, to be like, it's like a rock. Steadfast, it's like an anchor. We have this anchor for our faith and our hope, being, being founded in him. And so we have this immovableness. Why? Because we're connected to the one that is immovable. It's not just us, but we are basing everything off of him. So as culture kind of goes crazy and we're seeing it, which is, it, it's, it does this a lot, right? 
People are known to do crazy things. And we always think, oh, that was the old days. It would never happen again. And then it happens again. And we go, oh, well, this one's different. And then you look back and you go, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Wow, that was one of those stories that they'll be telling in history books down the road. So as things are more and more crazy and gnarly around us, we need to be founded on the solid building blocks of the faith. Steadfast in the faith. Firm in the faith. What does this mean? That we are built up. What is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church and the leaders of the church is to gather together in community with one another. That's what these barbecues are for. We brought the barbecues back. This is community. This is how we get to be together and hang out together, right? So we get around each other. We encourage one another. And then we are building one another up. The purpose and the job of a pastor or a leader is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that when people leave this place, they don't go, wow, the leadership seems like they're really firm and steadfast. It's the church together. And we're, because we're all a sum of the part. It's not just like one person. It's all of us together. So we're built and we're grounded because as the enemy is all around us like a roaring lion, and he's seeking whom he may devour, we are called to resist him and to stay steadfast in the faith. That's pretty good, right? Knowing the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. There's a firmness to where even in the midst of persecution, we are steadfast. Can I encourage you, my California brothers and sisters, stay steadfast. What happens if the church leaves? What do you think happens here? No good. It's no good. You want to know why? Because California is one of the most influential states in the whole country. So we are, as a church, no matter what happens around us, as we see trouble around us, we don't run from it. We run into it with light. We run into it with hope. We run into it with peace. We run into it with truth. So that's steadfast. Even as persecution, as it's going on all around us and it's been happening, we are immovable. Why? Because God is the one that's holding us. And he promises to never leave us or forsake us and he'll take us through. Colossians chapter 2, another verse, uh, verses 4 through 7. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh... Yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. As we've been going through the book of Hebrews, we see this correlation between those who are stuck on the milk and those who have have transferred over to the meat, right? That we're, we don't want to still be like infants and babes where we're still on the milk. We are to be rooted and grounded in growth, to be established, to be the things that we know we can in, be in Christ, allowing him to lead the way. So we are steadfast in our faith with Christ. That's what Paul was. He was excited for converts, but he didn't want to just see people get saved like, oh, I raised my hand at a harvest crusade. He wanted to see fruit for their account and view that as fruit unto his account, that they would become steadfast in the faith. I think partially what's gone on in our world is uh, there's been a uh, watering down of what it means to be a Christian. 
And it's so sad because what it means to be a Christian is, is dynamic. It's powerful. It's connected to the God who created all, who has this great line and lineage and, and narrative throughout all of Scripture of his redeeming grace. You want to talk about steadfast, think about the loyal love of God, the chesed. This is the loyal love of God that he's stayed loyal to his people, to his plan from the very beginning, even when they constantly spit in his face. And now we're ambassadors of that. We, we're now, the, in a sense, the, the culmination of the fulfillment of the plan in the church age. Now we get to walk that out in maturity where God says, I'm going to set you apart from all other people. You're going to look different than everyone else. And so that's why everybody trips out, says, you know, well, in the Bible, doesn't it say not to cut your hair like this? And doesn't it say not to mix fabrics and all this and that? This was a cultural thing to set them apart, to look different from all the other people. So that they weren't mixed in with everyone else. Because this was to be a set apart group of people that, that were like God's people, that trusted him, even when it didn't make any sense. That was the Abrahamic righteousness. Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him as righteousness, right? And what was Abrahamic righteousness? He trusted God when it made no sense. We talked about it last or a couple weeks ago, which was, hey, you're going to have a baby. My wife's 90. Yeah, well, you're going to have one. Okay, cool. I believe you. He was loyal, right? He was loyal to God, even amongst all the other gods of the land. He was building altars unto the real God, the true God, right? He was doing uh, justice and righteousness, Sedekah and Mishpat. So he was out doing what he was called to do. This was the righteousness. He believed in the fulfillment that God would do it in the end. Now, whatever was not fulfilled in his life would be fulfilled. This is what faith looks like. And it's absolutely countercultural. I think we were made to be countercultural. And I think we lean into that even more. Uh, as we see even in, in church, I'm not dogging anyone. I'm not trying to dog anyone. But I do think I am concerned about churches that try to look exactly like the world. I think we need to look even more different. I think we need to be even more gnarly and hardcore in a sense of not like hardcore, like, like legalistic or weird like that, but hardcore trust and faith in God and that we don't need to be like everybody else. Tell you what, that's freeing on a personal level around people. When you don't care about what people think, when you're no longer uh, subject to, you know, their scrutinies and, you know, I, whatever, you, you don't fit in with us. It's like, I didn't want to fit in with you. I never really wanted to fit in with you. Now you're free. And now they're like, kind of like, oh, now I want to fit in with you. But how does the church look different? It's by being steadfast. It's by being grounded and rooted. So that when people are looking to the church, they don't go, oh, wow, it's kind of like a worse version of what I see on TV. You know? Oh, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a watered-down version of, oh, you guys do community? That's what community? Uh, yeah, I kind of have that already. Oh, oh, that's what worship? Okay, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, I, like, I was moved by some songs. Have you heard The Wind Beneath My Wings? But this is something bigger than that. We are, we are transformed and set apart, rejoicing to see good order in the steadfastness of your faith in Christ that there would be order in our lives because of the foundation that's been set. 
You can't set order without a good foundation. Have you ever tried to stack like dominoes on top of each other? Get them as high as you possibly can or blocks or something. When the kids had little blocks, it was always like the whole alphabet. Try to get all 26, you know, up. And you know what's really important? The foundation. If the first one's off, the whole thing's off. Because you can start trying to stagger them, you know. Oh, it's leaning this way. Ah, put this one over here. That's like a last-ditch effort, man. You, got, you really want that thing lined up. So the foundation is extremely important. That's why he says that those who have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. You've received him, now walk in him. Why would you stop now? So we're called to receive, also to walk in him. How? By being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. So we're steadfast in the faith, we're established in the faith. Guys, this is, the, this is where we want to go. Without vision, people perish, right? The Redlands Bowl, where I, you know, my homeland, it says that on the bowl. Without vision, a people perish. And I love that. You know, it's just like, well, it's also scripture, right? But how cool is that? That's there. Psalm 57, verse 7. My heart, uh, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. That our hearts would be firm and rooted. You know how easily manipulated we are when our hearts aren't rooted in the Lord? Where our, our hopes aren't rooted in him? If you have hopes in anything else, you are going to be a nervous wreck. You're going to be full of anxiety and fear. Why? Because that thing can be taken away from you. But our relationship with God cannot be taken away from us unless we reject it. We, we neglect it. So our hearts are built up and rooted and steadfast. So our lives, our order is, is built up. Our hearts are established and steadfast firm, rooted in him. Hebrews 6, 19, we're going to be here in a, like a couple weeks in Hebrews anyway. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters presence behind the veil. Enters the presence behind the veil. Our hope of this high priest, our hope of this, this new relationship, this transformed, renewed relationship with God, that there's no longer a, a separation of curtain. We are now behind the presence. We are now with God. And we have this hope as an anchor of the soul. And it is steadfast. It is, it is firm. It is rooted. It is established. Colossians 1, verses 21. I know lots of verses here. 21 um, through 23. And you, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. Praise God. This is a room full of sinners, right? Who, everybody in here. Everyone in here is a sinner, you know? And, and, and I am just so grateful for the grace of God, right? We have been reconciled because of the grace of God. It was all his plan. And you know, what, you know what he does? He makes dead things live. He brings them back to life. That's what the resurrection is all about. You see, I can bring the dead back to life. I can do the same thing in you, in your heart now, and, and, and for you for all of eternity. We die, we don't die, we, we sleep, and then we're with him forever. 
So, you were once alienated, enemies in your mind by wicked works. Tell me it doesn't start in the mind, right? Yet now he has reconciled in the, bo- uh, in the body of his flesh through the death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. This is so beautiful. He's, it, it, we're not just like barely in the room. We're, we're now presented like Christ, blameless, holy, above reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and you are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. That we're, we're not moved, we're grounded. We have this beautiful calling. We have this beautiful new identity in Christ. We're now new. We're made new. Does, does new sound good? Does re- refreshing, does, that, uh, does a do-over sound so good? Does a fresh start sound so good? We are offered that in Christ. Now, we continue in this if we are continuing to be grounded and steadfast. That's a decision to continue to be grounded and steadfast. How do we do that? We, we, this, you're here. We're gonna have to put some more chairs in here, you know? <laughs> you guys keep showing up like this. This is awesome, right? But this is what you, we meet together. We spend time together. We worship together. We read the Bible. I loved, I heard Armando and he was, he was like, bring your Bible, hold it, love it, read it, you know, smell it, look at it. Because the phone, he's like, you get the phone, you have your phone, I understand, I, I read my Bible on the phone, I read my Bible, and all of a sudden, did the Dodgers win last night? And who knows, this season, bit of a mixed bag, but so, same for the Padres, so we're all in it together. We're just looking at the Diamondbacks like, what is going on? But it's easy to get distracted. A renewed, a, a renewed love for the Word of God, a renewed like a uh, foundation that this is who we are, that we are families, we're men and women, we're youth, we're a community that values the word of God over the societal fads of the day, which will come and absolutely will go because they are unsustainable. But we're going to build on a better foundation, steadfast and grounded, not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Paul always, always exalts the gospel as this is not my message. It's one I got to partake in. It's now one I delivered. I didn't make it up. I'm giving it to you. The good news of the gospel that Jesus was sent by God as the fulfillment from Genesis 3, the snake crusher would come and would take out the evil, right? He would take out the snake, the serpent. He would make things right again. And all the promises throughout all the Old Testament are pointing, and they're pointing, and they're pointing to the future. Hey, when the one day, like, oh, there's a glimpse of restoration. Here's a glimpse of of new life. Here's a glimpse of, like, what it means to to be right with God again, to have him in the camp, to have communion with him again. And then Jesus came. And now we have full access. We have the same Holy Spirit that was living in him, now living inside of us, completely underestimating it in our lives, right? 
I mean, the Holy Spirit wants to do so much more in us if we're steadfast in the faith, if we continue to build on good foundations. So to me, in, in a sense, moving forward is like looking back to what the church has been built on for 2,000 years, what these men and women did, right? Because it's so easy when you're living in a, uh, the culture of the day to be like, what's everyone doing around us? You know, how do we become culturally relevant? I'll tell you what's the most culturally relevant way to be as a church is to give the recipe to life from death. <laughs> to give an opportunity for people to live and be made new in Christ. To see that restoration. You know, I, I, I'm a brother Chris right here. <laughs> right, Chris? First met him. You guys had just gotten saved. Or you, you had just gotten saved. You grew up in the church. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but, but, like, you had just gotten saved, and, and it was like, all of a sudden, I saw God just grab your life. And then you, like, boom, here comes the attack, right? Got your face broken and stuff, right? But, but then, boom, I, I, saw, I saw a new life. I, I swear, your face changed, Right? We got to see it. With, I've seen it with so many of you. Like, you change. We change. I'm just using him as an example because he's right in front of me and he's face tattoos. So it's, it's really obvious. So we're looking for the, but how do we do it? We're steadfast. We're founded in the faith. We're firm in the faith. But here's the verse. Here's the verse. This is going to be our church verse. This is the one I thought of originally. This is the one I keep going back to. This is the one you're going to hear over and over again. And you're going to see it's going to be showing up all over the place, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Now this is post uh, chapter 15. Remember for Easter, we talked about it. It was where Jesus said uh, it, it, the effects of denying the, re the resurrection. If the dead don't rise, we're all still in our sins. We're of men most pitiable, but the dead do rise. Jesus really did rise from the dead and he was seen by all the disciples and he was seen by Paul and he was seen by over 500 eyewitnesses, many of whom were willing to die for saying that they saw him rise from the dead. So after all of that, the talk about the resurrection, there's, there's a section that talks about the one to come, the resurrection to come, where we're united with Christ, our eternal hope, this, the beautiful ending to this all. So then it, with all of that in mind, that's the therefore, my beloved brethren. So here's the verse, guys. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, I was like, this is it. That we would be, this is who we are. We want to be as a church. And it's not like, oh, there's your novel idea. Oh, wow, a mission statement. Oh, wow. It's a Bible verse, man. This is, this is, our, this is our vision. This is our mission. That we would be steadfast, grounded, rooted, immovable. Don't you think, I don't want to be the type of church that gets a letter in Revelation that's bad, you know? It's like, Church of Carlsbad. Here's my issues. And I, say, I want to be the one that's like, you, immovable, you know? Steadfast, grounded, rooted, anchored. 
That we would know who we are. This has a lot to do with identity. That we would know who we are and whose we are. And a lot of us are still struggling with identity from the past. Both because of sin or because of, you know, whatever. However, your childhood, growing up. Let me encourage you. Our identity is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And as soon as we understand that, we are going to be built up, established, made steadfast, grounded, immovable, and then the, the outflow of this, of a lifestyle that's grounded, rooted, uh, think John chapter 15, abiding in the vine, is what? If the branch is abiding in the vine, what comes out of the branch? Fruit. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. So as we're grounded in him, and, and it's in this order, Right? As we're finding our, our hope, our identity, our, who we are, whose we are, why we're here. And it, to me, it becomes more and more clear every day, the importance of this. We're steadfast, we're immovable, and then we're always abounding in the work of the Lord. It's the natural outflow. Because he's the source. And what does he do with his people? He puts them to work. The, you know what ministry is? The best definition of a ministry is serving, service. So we're going to have, one of the things I'm really excited to do, because as we're going to get to do everything new, you know, we get to like start in some ways, some things over. Not like the church will be the same, but we get to have a fresh palette. And you're going to see the change is going to be, um, there's going to be some changes like next week. I think the windows will be done. Um, hopefully we'll have the shirts. They were potentially going to be here this week, but there was a, didn't get the blanks in in time. But you're going to see social media. You know, we're going to see the uh, website, all of that, right? It's going to be happening over time. But that we would see uh, God moving and working and shaping and changing us and using us to work, to go and do, to serve. So, one, so as we're, we're reestablishing all these things, so that's where I was going with that. We're going to have a steadfast serves card because I don't think you'll ever feel fulfillment without being in some form of service. If you're, if you, otherwise it's like it's, you, you're meant to do stuff, right? Like we're, we're saved to be part of what God's doing. And there's all kinds of different ways and sometimes serving can look in all kinds of different directions, right? But to have an opportunity for more places to serve, this is, this is part of it. What is the job, again, of a pastor? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Service. Serving. Being part of what God... There's nothing better than serving. I started serving at a church, and the next thing I knew, I was an intern. Next thing I knew, I was, I was fully there. Next thing I knew, I was in Bible college. And, and, and people are like, how did this happen? It's like, I don't know. I just started helping out youth students when I was barely older than them, and I couldn't even answer their Bible questions. I just wanted to serve. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, boom, there you go, serving. So always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This is the other thing, guys. We're removing the pessimistic idea that, all right, this world's already done. It's already given. We're taking background for the kingdom. We're going we're gonna to seek to see God save those who are lost. How does he do that? Well, what's, what's the biblical picture? That there's a body that works together to fulfill what God's called them to do, of which there are many members. We are the members. Who's the head? 
Christ. As Christ is the head, we're the members. We work together to do ministry, to serve the community, to work with one another in all of our unique giftings, in all of our unique, you know, whatever, callings, to do it together. So, beloved brethren, I love you guys. And Armando, I touched on it last week. The Church of Corinth was a, like, level, like grade A disaster. And he says, my beloved brethren, I'm calling you in light of the resurrected Messiah where dead men come back from the dead and, and walk around and everyone who saw it is willing to die for that account. According to that and the hope that's coming, become, be steadfast. Be immovable. Abounding in the work of the Lord, always abounding in the work of the Lord, and knowing that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Knowing that our purpose and our calling, if God is leading us to it, there will be fruit. I remember hearing years ago about a, um, uh, the guy who had prayed for these four friends, and, and um, it was a true story, and he'd prayed for them all, and you know, they, it was well known. He had told other friends, and it took years for him to get saved. One was like a couple years, one was more years, one was 10, you know. And, and it got to the point where one of them was still not saved, and um, he died. And um, as the story goes, that last man received the Lord at his funeral. The idea is that labor is not in vain. God's called us to do what he's called us to do as we are abiding in that. This is, there is nothing with a greater return than, than serving God. There's no greater return you can get in your life. And yet it's like a lot of times it's like the last thing you think to do. If I have enough time, you know, whatever. We, we, wanna, we don't want to do that. We want to move forward and be steady and steadfast. Jesus changes everything. And he's changed everything in our lives. And so as we recognize the resurrection, it beckons us to a higher calling. We're grounded in the truth. We're steadfast. We're immovable. We're always abounding in the work of the Lord. The idea of steadfast, it's gritty. It's battle-tested. It's got some scars. You guys ever hear about this uh, experiment they did in the 80s, the biodome where they were growing trees? Have you heard about this? Not the movie, but the... I found this. I found this article. So there was a great experiment done in the uh, early 1980s in the desert called the biodome. It was an exercise to create the perfect living environment for human beings, plant, and animal life. A huge glass dome was constructed, and an artificial controlled environment was created with purified air and water, filtered light, and so on, offering the perfect growing conditions for trees, fruits and vegetables, and humans. People lived in the biodome for many months at a time. And it was wonderful because everything seemed to do well, with one exception. When the trees uh, that were planted grew to be a certain height, and, and I, I read it from a different source, they would grow like three times faster than normal trees. Um, but when they, were, uh, they would grow to a certain height, they would simply topple over. It baffled scientists for the long time, uh, longest time until one day they realized the one natural element they forgot to recreate in the biodome was wind. Trees need wind to blow against them, which in turn causes their root system to grow deeper in the soil, into the soil, which in turn supports the tree as it grows taller. 
our faith is to be worked out in, in, in pressure. You know, one of the things that I, I remember hearing it at the time, I'm like, please stop. But the church, the persecuted church in China was praying for the American church to, to feel persecution because they would then see what God can do. And I'm like, stop praying that. <laughs> like, we don't want this, you know? But it's like, as that's a reality, you know, you know what? This, we're going to find out where our hope is. We're going to find out where our, our anchor is, where the rock is. And we're going to see, we're going to see God start cashing those checks. We're going to see he's good for them. We're going to see those promises come through. And we're going to find out, man, my whole life trying to avoid all of the elements of life, trying to stay as safe as possible, trying to stay as, as in control as possible was a slow death. Life is meant to be an adventure. Life is meant to be wild. God is calling us to a wild calling. Read the book of Acts. Who would have written it that way? It's like, this is nuts. Look at Jesus' life. What is he doing? It's like, what is happening? But you see, all, all the same, God moves and works. He's effective. And he wants to do that in us. So uh, steadfast, I think, speaks to staying power, it's to let our light shine. We don't run away, we run in. Why? Because we're the ones with the, with, with the hope. If we don't have the hope, if we're the ones that are most scared, what kind of a message are we sending? Steadfast in the faith, firm in the faith. We are the thermostats, not the thermometers. But you'll never be, we'll never be the, the thermostats if we're not grounded in the faith, if we're not steadfast. So... As we look at the world and the times, we recognize and we look around us and we see darkness and we go, yep, mm -hmm, that's there. Darkness, uh-huh, I have an answer to that. It's called light. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more info on the church or ministries we offer, head over to calvarycarlsbad.com. Thank you and God bless.